Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to Wrestle Life Radio. This is going to be episode number 53. That's 5-3. And today you've got just me, Chris Cumby. Unfortunately, my wife is sick, so uh, she won't be on the show this week. So I can't promise it's going to be a really good show because she is what makes it so good. But today, uh, I'm actually recording on October the 30th because that's when NXT uh, was on air. However, the guys are also recording tonight for AEW, and they're doing This Day in Wrestling History for the date of 1030. So I'm going to do This Day of Wrestling History for 1031. Halloween, woo! So maybe a little special This Day in Wrestling History. Ready? This day in wrestling history. I don't know what I was going for there. Maybe like a weird uh, Dracula, I think. But it was kind of like a Dracula from Transylvania, but spent some time in Russia, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that's what you get for this day in wrestling history. Uh, This day on October the 31st, and this is 14 years ago today, there was a wrestler named Jay Resso. Uh, which most of us know as Christian. He left the WWE after being there for seven years. Um, Of course, we all know Christian from Edge and Christian, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and that all those killer TLC matches, um, also part of the brood, if you remember that. Um, anyways, he took some time off and when he left, he went over to TNA, uh, spent some time there. He was the champion there for a little while. Um, he would obviously, if you know anything about wrestling, he did return, um, in 2009. And when he came back in 2009, he was a part of the ECW brand, uh, where he won the ECW championship twice. And uh, before he retired, he was the world champion twice, the world heavyweight champion, um, after Edge retired. Uh, He also won the Air Continental Championship in 2012. So uh, I was a big Christian fan. I always thought that he was very entertaining. If you ever watch the Edge and Christian show or listen to them, he is one funny dude. He really, really is. Jay Resso, also known as Christian, did retire from wrestling due to concussion-related injuries uh, back in 2014. It was very quiet. They didn't make a big deal about it. In fact, (laughs) it's kind of a running joke now that WWE has yet to even make a comment about him retiring, Um, especially after they did the big to-do with Edge when he retired. So anyway, Christian should be, I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think he will. Uh, I'm just not exactly sure when that'll happen. Hopefully this coming up year. I I think that he should definitely be in it. Um, You may disagree, and you can be wrong. That's fine. But when you're one half of one of the greatest tag teams in the world, you should be in the Hall of Fame. So anyways, we are going to jump right into reviewing this week's NXT. Uh, We normally, my wife and I normally go ahead and record on Thursday after the fact. Uh, but because tomorrow's Halloween and even though my daughter's 15, I still have to take her trick or treating. So decided to go ahead and, uh, record two nights. So if I start to sound like I'm falling asleep, it's because I am. 
Uh, I don't like staying up late. The the guys, they, they like to stay up super duper late. Um, I'm just not one of those people. Uh, I don't have that gene in me. Uh, but Matt and Kyle can stay up to all hours night. In fact, they're probably going to be up super late tonight because between the two of them talking and talking and talking, that show's going to be like five hours long. But anyways, uh, the NXT this week. So another great show. And another really cool thing is that all throughout the night, they're building anticipation for the following weeks, as well as a NXT TakeOver that's coming up soon. I'm super excited about that. There's going to be more information about that. Uh, But we start off this week with a video package from last week. And while they're showing the video package, they actually have a live band playing. And this band's name is Poppy. Uh, I've never heard of this band before in my life, and quite honestly, I'd be fine if I don't hear them ever again. Uh, but they, this band is Poppy, and if, if you uh, know who they are, that's great. You obviously have odd taste in music. Uh, now, t- don't get me wrong, they were they had kind of a cool rock sound to them, but their look really took away from their sound because... They wore these like black leather outfits and they looked like they were all albinos. Like they were all just all white, pale white with white hair. Um, I, I wasn't sure. I know the lead singer was a female, but I couldn't tell you about the rest of the group. I'm thinking maybe they were like, um, like it was supposed to be a mystery what they were. I don't know, but it was the, the song that they sang was I disagree. Um, and so quite frankly, I disagree with the choice of using them. Um, but anyways, once they finished the video package, they started to go into a new song and uh, Io Shirai came out. And so they played this song called Scary Mask for her entire entrance, which that was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That was cool. I always like the live music whenever they do an intro with someone. I always think that's a really cool touch. Um, I know they kind of save those for uh, WrestleManias typically. One of my favorites was when P.O.D. um, did Rey Mysterio's entrance. Um, That was really cool. Anyway, um, and of course, anytime Motorhead did it for Triple H, but this was a neat thing. You know, obviously they, they did uh, this different song than what she's used to. And then she did, they did her strobe lights. Um, the, the crowd loves EO Shirai. Let me just tell you that right now. They were chanting EO before her competitor even came out. They didn't even know who she was fighting and they were chanting for her. Uh, turns out she's going to be fighting Candice LeRae. Uh, and I'm excited about this match because these two are really good performers. I enjoy watching them fight. Um, and so they start off with some suicide dives. They both have a couple of those. Um, and then there was this move where Candice LeRae's up on the kind of, she's sitting on the top turnbuckle and EO like grabs her arms and then does like this double knees into her chest as she's going backwards. It's hard to explain. You need to watch this match. It was really cool. Several big high flying moments and it's so funny because the crowd was just split down the middle. I mean, chanting for both of these ladies. Um, and at one point, Candice LeRae busts her nose open uh, and is bleeding. And during the break, they do the whole, you know, picture picture thing. And the ref goes out to check on Candice, like, because she's out, she's outside of the ring at this point. 
and because they're not sure if she's really genuinely hurt because she's acting hurt and she's acting so well that I think even the rep doesn't know. Uh, so she goes and checks on her, uh, comes back. EO hits a 619 to the back of Candice LeRae's head and then does a flying double kick from the top rope. I'm telling you, EO Shirai can just, you know, they call her the queen of the air for a reason. I mean, she is just all over the place. There's a lot of hard-hitting moves and slams that go on. Um, EO gets Candice in, like, in, in a cross face. Um, Candice LeRae gets out of it. Uh, she puts her in a submission. Uh, the two of them go for these flying slams, and they both just slam into each other at the same time. Um, Candice hits this tor- tornado DDT from the top rope. Okay? It was a thing of beauty. A tornado DDT from the top rope. EO kicks out. Um, EO goes to hit her moonsault from the top rope. Candice puts her her legs up to counter. It looked like it really hurt. Like, Aaliyah caught this, and she was like, ooh, that hurt. Um, EO puts another submission on Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae gets her foot on the rope. Um, that's when EO Shirai is just kind of losing it, so she goes to get a chair. She goes to hit Candice, but the ref grabs the chair and throws it. It doesn't go outside the ring. It stays in the ring. And that ends up being Candice LeRae's demise because she gets a good hit on EO. EO falls on top of the chair. Candice goes for the lion, lion tamer, and EO moves. Candice lands on the chair, knocks herself out. EO pins for the win. Um, afterwards, EO attacks Candice LeRae, and as she's doing that, Rhea Ripley comes out for the save. So if you remember last week, um, Rhea Ripley was being attacked or in, in the middle of a match with uh, Bianca Belair, and Io Shirai comes out and hits her. Candice LeRae comes out and pulls Io Shirai out of the way so she's not involved. Um, so Rhea Ripley is there to, to help out Candice the way that she helped her. Uh, <clears throat> Rhea Ripley is full face at this point. Um, she kind of is one of those characters where the crowd loves her, but she has that kind of tough, almost like a bad guy persona. But after this, there's no questioning. She is full face. Um, yeah, so great match. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, it you know, a- again, and I say this, I-, I probably say this every show, and I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing it, but the main roster women truly need to watch out for their jobs because the NXT women are head and shoulders a- 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 above most of them. Obviously, you have your four horsewomen and Alexa Bliss, um, and then then there's the rest. I mean, I like Ember Moon personally, but she's on the shelf right now, injured, so I don't really. I'm not going to count her in this. But if you're not a part of the four horsewomen and Alexa Bliss, you just don't have good matches anymore. Uh, let's just be honest, okay? <clears throat> the women of NXT are are just fantastic. I'm afraid for when they actually do go up to the main roster that somehow they're going to get ruined. But um, I hope by that point, Triple H has more of a say. And so he can make sure that they're treated well. We find out tonight that the Undisputed Era, uh, the tag team of Fish and O'Reilly are going to fight Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. That's going to be our main event tonight. So we can um, bask in his glory for the bro. Um, then we get a Finn Balor video package and they're showing all of his interviews 
from all throughout the week after he, you know, we talked about last week that he attacked Johnny Gargano, uh, one of the biggest uh, heel turns, and I would say since Hogan. Uh, I, I know that I said that last week. I don't know if any of you agree with me or not. Um, no one commented that there was a bigger heel turn since then, or since, or one that is going to change the landscape of wrestling. So I'm going to assume that you agree with me or that no one listens to the show. Um, either way, I still feel like I'm right. Finn Balor's uh, heel turn uh, was the the shock probably of the year so far in wrestling. Um, and it was it was fantastic. I mean, they, they couldn't have picked a better time to turn him heel. So anyways, so there's video packages um, all throughout the week from his interviews, uh, from FS1, uh, from the Smack Talk show, the backstage show, and even TMZ. Um, if you know anything about TMZ, they kind of follow celebrities, um, and they have like a sports section, and they they really do. I mean, they follow the WWE, they follow the, the performers and the interviewers like, you know, um, why'd you do it? And he's like, Oh, it's a long time coming for Johnny Gargano. Um, he, he was in full character. I loved it. Uh, he talks about the prince's back. And if you know anything about his former character, uh, it was Prince something or other. Um, I'd look it up, but it's too late at night and I don't care. Um, but anyways, it's a heel character. Uh, he makes this comment and I, and I agree with it. I mean, he makes this comment that Raw and SmackDown are like Hollywood. Uh, there's the, all the lights and everything, but NXT is like Broadway. Um, and when you're on NXT, there's no lights to hide behind. And if if you know anything about acting, you really understand this comment. Because I was a theater major. Uh, I know that's hard to understand or, or to believe. But as a theater major, I mean, I never wanted to go to Hollywood. I always wanted to be on Broadway. Because that, to me, live... Uh, theater was way better than movies to me um, because, you know, you, you can't mess up. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's the thrill of being in front of a live audience and all that stuff. And But with Hollywood, you could hide things. You could, um, you know, you didn't even have to be a good actor. You just had to look good. And I kind of feel this way Raw and SmackDown are. You don't have to be good wrestlers. You just have to look good. And Vince will use you like a puppet. Uh, but... I agree. I love this analogy. I think it's awesome. I'm sure he didn't come up with it because um, one of the higher ups had to come up with this and allow him to say it uh, because that would have been a smack in the face to Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um, anyway, so Finn Balor comes out for a segment. He has one spotlight on him, so that's going to be his thing now. Uh, you get some thank you Finn chants. From the audience, which, you know, the audience is awesome at NXT. And then he cuts a full heel promo. He is full heel. There's no question about it. He makes a comment about the tough Twitter guys on social media. Um, <clears throat> he calls out the locker room. He says there's too many fans in the locker room, and they should be out here watching with these people. And then he says, I don't watch this business. This business watches me. Man, what a great heel line. I mean, uh, he's going to get a lot of heat for this. Um, and every obviously, in the, everyone in the back knows that he's just cutting a promo. Uh, but he's going to get a lot of heat for this. Trust me. And then he's going to 
He's going to shift his attention to Johnny Gargano. He says he's here. He's out of the hospital if he wants to go. Um, if he wants to come and mess with Finn Balor, he's going to send him back to the hospital. And he won't be Johnny Wrestling. He'll be Johnny Watches Wrestling, which is the way it should be. Um, and that was it. I mean, it was a quick promo. Um, and that's one of the things about tonight is pretty much all of the interviews and promos were pretty quick, which I'm totally okay with. Um, I feel like sometimes these backstage interviews and things like on SmackDown and Raw go way too long, way too long, like awkwardly long. But the ones on NXT are quick to the point and we get to move on quickly. Sorry, I had to get a uh, sip of my drink here. Uh, I don't have my co-host to fill in those <laughs> quiet spots, but um, that's all right. We'll be we'll, we'll we'll get through this together, listeners. You know, all two of you. Anywho, uh, next we get this uh, video package for the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, great video package. Uh, the music was in Japanese, so there's that. Then we get a match with Shane Thorne and Bronson Reed. Uh, Shane Thorne fought Johnny Gargano a couple weeks ago, and Bronson Reed fought Matt Riddle uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we have two Aussies uh, fighting each other. As soon as the bell rings, Thorne kicks uh, Bronson in the face immediately, then does a cannonball. Bronson uh, gets him with this killer clothesline that just flips him out of his boots. And then a senton, which that's a you know that's a lot of weight because uh, Bronson Reed is a huge individual, and Shane Thorne is not that big. He's probably he's probably a little bit taller than Johnny Gargano, but probably about the same body build. Um, and so Bronson literally caved in his chest. And then <laughs> and then they're standing in the middle of the ring, and I swear to God, it was like thirty to forty five seconds of just the knife edge chops, you know, the Ric Flair chops between the two of them just to see who could last longer. And I swear to God, it was that long. I am not exaggerating. Go back and watch it and time it. Um, they're going back and forth. Thorne hits this impressive side suplex, which uh, it's again, is impressive because of just how big Bronson is. Like I said, huge individual. Uh, Thorne gets like 25 kicks on a Bronson. That's an exaggeration. Uh, then Bronson, he hulks out. Uh, he does a throwing German suplex and then this crazy, I'm calling it a reverse pile driver. I don't know what the terminology is, but, uh, Bronson takes Thorne and he puts him, um, kind of like, kind of like you would in an Alabama slam. Uh, so like his, um, Thorne's chest is on Bronson's back and his legs are up on Bronson's shoulders. And then, um, Bronson drops to the ground where it looks like it looks like Thorne is hitting his head. So like it's like I call it a reverse pile driver. Um, it looks dangerous. I'm not gonna lie, but he did it. Um, and then Bronson goes. Uh, then they kind of go back and forth. Bronson's at the on the top rope. I'm gonna call it a bullfrog splash because he's a huge mammoth human being from the top rope and gets the win. This wasn't a very long match, um, and that's okay. Uh, we, you know, we talk about this that sometimes it's okay to to have a match that's only five to seven minutes because that's about as long as this one was. And you got two brand new guys that 
a lot of your you know normal fans may not be the most familiar with, but this was a nice taste. I mean, we saw them fight other guys and they got and they they lost to them. Uh, so it was nice to see them fighting each other. Um, then we get Kathleen Kelly, and she's in the back with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. And she's interviewing them about their match later for the women's tag team title against the Kabuki Warriors. If you remember last week, um, they beat Shayna Baszler's cronies to win this opportunity to fight. And again, this interview was quick. Uh, Knox talked about fighting with her best friend. And so um, I liked the fact that this was a quick interview because it didn't waste my time. Then we get a Mia Yim promo video. Um, I'm, I like Mia Yim personally. I like her style. I like her look, her character. Um, and I think she's a really good wrestler, to be honest with you. Um, very impressed. So next is the big tag team match. We got Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox coming out versus the Kabuki Warriors. Um, and as the Kabuki Warriors come out, they just get the massive pop. Um, Kyrie Sane looks like this evil little Japanese movie woman, and she has an Asian umbrella now that she's twirling. Um, <clears throat> I, I think they both are have new outfits. It, there's like an all black kind of look with. I mean, there's a little bit of like gold mixed in, but I like the black. Um, I thought it looked really, really good. Um, and obviously I'm a huge fan of their face paint. Um, I think it's a cool new added, um, feature to their, uh, heel characters. Um, and then you get some welcome back chance for the Kabuki Warriors. And honestly, at this point, I felt so bad, uh, for Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Cause I was like, there's no way. There's no chance they're winning this. Yeah, that, that was my thought. My, my thought is there is no chance that they're winning this match. Um, so, uh, and, and they, they actually did the big match lighting again uh, because it was for a championship. So they go black on the outside and then put the spotlights on the inside, which I thought was a cool, um, cool move. Uh, we got some Oscar's gonna kill you chance, which is very like retro from when Oscar was in NXT because every match they chanted this as a crowd. Um, Knox and Sane get into this like slapping each other's chest match. Um, <clears throat> the Kabuki Warriors get the upper hands. We go into commercial. Uh, when we get back, Knox and Kai are double teaming Oscar, and they have the upper hand. And so you're thinking, huh, all right, well, we may get a little bit of a match here. So um, as they're double-teaming her, uh, it becomes just Asuka and Dakota Kai. And she's standing on the outside of the apron. She has her leg on the inside of the rope. And Asuka does this, like, quick jerk move and attacks her knee. And you're like, ooh, that was the knee she injured. And you're kind of scared for her for a minute because she makes this face like that was uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a real, I hated that feeling look. Um, and then Asuka does her when she knocks her out of the ring when she hits her with her rear end. And then uh, Asuka gets her back into the ring and just works her legs. I mean, works her legs. And and uh, for a while, she tags insane. Um, she's working the legs too. Um, Asuka and Sane just kind of tag in and out and murder Kai. I mean, they're just murdering her. 
for a long time. I mean, they went through two commercial breaks of Oscar and 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 Kyrie saying tagging in and out, just killing Dakota Kai. Um, Kai finally gets an upper hand. Uh, so then Knox gets the hot tag. She takes on both of them. Sang gets the choke slam because she's a huge K fan. And then um, Knox with a crossbody onto Asuka from the top rope, which was really cool. And then she goes for her finisher. But Asuka reverses it into a knee submission. Um, and But then Knox gets her in an arm bar. Sang breaks it up. And then all four women... As, knock one another out with a bunch of big moves. It was so good. So cool. Um, Dakota Kai gets some big kicks in and then the, the ref gets distracted, distracted. So Oscar gets the green mist on to, to Dakota Kai Sane hits with the elbow from the top. Um, Sane actually covers Dakota Kai's face as she gets, um, as she's doing the pin. So the ref can't see it and the Kabuki warriors win. I mean, this was not a surprise. Everyone and their mother knew that Knox and Kai were not going to beat the Kabuki Warriors. However, I really enjoyed this match. There was a lot of... I mean, for the most part, it was good. The, the double-teaming Dakota Kai for almost the entire match got a little long. Um, but, I mean, I understand that they already had planned to do these commercial breaks during this match. So they're like, well, we'll just do this. So it is what it is, but all in all, I really enjoyed it. So Knox and Kyra in the ring. And then that's when uh, Shayna Baszler's music comes off, comes on. And, and uh, if you've listened to this show ever, you know that we are not Shayna Baszler fans. So Baszler and her cronies come out, which uh, they're, they're called the four horse moment. I call them the faux horse women. Uh, because they are not the four horsewomen. Uh, Knox attacks Baszler to try to kind of get the upper hand, but they quickly triple team her. And then she's about to go for her stomp where it looks like she breaks people's arms. And that's when Rhea Ripley comes out to save again. Again, full face Rhea Ripley. As she's coming out, Io Shirai jumps out of nowhere. I mean, just comes out of nowhere and jumps Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea Ripley starts to get the upper hand, but then Bianca Belair comes out and she jumps Ripley. At that point, Candice LeRae comes out and Rhea Ripley finally gets the upper hand over all of them, including the cronies. And then she gets to the ring with Baszler, which this is the match we all want to see. And we want to see this end with Baszler losing because Rhea Ripley deserves to be champion. Uh, Ripley takes Baszler down and that's when like all the women come in at one time. It's this huge melee. Women from the backstage are coming in. Uh, the refs are coming in. William Regal's there, and he just yells for them to stop. Um, and then he says, I have uh, uh, the perfect <clears throat> answer to this. War games. Dude. So excited that they're going to have an all-women's war game match. If you don't know what war games is, and you never watch WCW... But the NXT has done this War Games uh, pay-per-view, I want to say, two or three times now. Uh, the last War Games, off the charts, amazing. Yeah, like Undisputed Era, Pete Dunne, uh, Ricochet, 
the the Viking. Well, at the time there were the war, <laughs> the war uh, ra- machine or raiders or whatever. But now it's the Viking experience or raiders or whatever they call them today. Um, it was so good, so good. I can't wait for this match. The women deserve this. Um, I think it's going to be great. Next match is we have Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes. Tyler Bate is the first NXT UK champion. He's only like 20 or 21 years old now. He won the title when he was 19. Cameron Grimes, if you forgot, which I don't know how you could, he's been on the show every single week, uh, is Doc Holliday Harry Jesus. That is our loving nickname for him. This was a nice technical wrestling match. Um, and they both are very good at that. If you like an old-fashioned wrestling match with a little bit of new style, then you would love this match, which I did. I mean, it was great. Cameron Grimes did this. He did this last week with Matt Riddle, and I don't know what it's called, and I'm not going to pretend like I know, but he does this like crazy flip and then turns it into a German suplex because he's literally on top of the person. You've got to see it. It's really cool. Grimes gets the upper hand, but then Bates hits uh, a diving European uppercut, and he takes control. Uh, Bates hits a shooting star press, a standing shooting star press. That didn't put Grimes away. Bates gets a, um, oh, it's Bates, excuse me. Bates gets a hurricanrana, uh, a bunch of big hits between the two of them. Uh, Grimes hits a collision course. Which, that's that move what I talked about where they're like in the air. He grabs the body and does like a body flip and lands on top of him. Um, Bate does a suicide dive over the top rope. And when he does that, Killian Dane is out there. Of course he is. And he distracts Bate. And that's when Cameron Grimes hits his finisher, which is like that standing coup de gras and wins. I was a little surprised they let Cameron Grimes win. Um, it was probably to make up for the fact that they made him lose against Matt Riddle. Um, but you know, they can just chalk this up to bait was distracted. So that's when Killian, um, Killian Dane attacks Tyler bait. He goes in beats him up. And then when he's on the outside, uh, Killian Dane does a senton. Uh, well that was inside the ring. And then he does a cannonball into the steel steps. That's when Killian tells bait to tell Pete Dunn, we have unfinished business, whatever. We get an Andy Garza video. Uh, he's showing clips of his Garza family, which is just love and, you know, all kinds of warm feelings. Uh, we find out that for the war games, the team captains are going to be Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler, which is the way it should be. And now we are here for our main event. <clears throat> our main event is the Undisputed Era. So we have Bobby Fish and O'Reilly versus Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. It starts off quick. I mean, the Undisputed Era... Our double teaming Keith Lee, but then Keith Lee gets the control and does, uh, he crossbodies both of them at the same time, which was amazing. Lee tags in Riddle, both slap chests. Um, so it was Matt Riddle in one of the Undisputed Eras, and they were just going back and forth with the uh, slap chests. Keith Lee was also involved. Um, and that's when Riddle hit the jack, the jackhammer finisher, and the crowd starts the Riddle chant that sounds like Goldberg. Yeah, the riddle, riddle. I mean, I can't wait. I really think that Goldberg and Matt Riddle are going to have a match one day, and I can't wait. Uh, Lee with a huge hit on Fish during the commercial. I mean, just really knocked his block off. I really thought he got knocked out. I'm not going to lie. 
So then um, the Undisputed Era hits Lee. It looks like... And whenever they hit him, it just looks like it pisses him off. Like, he's like... It doesn't even hurt him. It just makes him angry. Um, so he's going to turn green, I guess. Anyway, uh, Riddle is manhandling fish. Uh, Undisputed Era gets the upper hand over Riddle, finally. Uh, Lee gets the hot tag, and he takes on both guys. Uh, Lee went for a moonsault from the top and missed. Then Riddle gets the hot tag, hits the exploder. And that's when uh, Roger Strong and Adam Cole come down to assist. They, they come running down because their boys are starting to lose. Uh, Riddle knocks them out. <laughs> I mean, just knocks them out. And um, Lee went and hit Adam Cole, and I swear to God, it, it sent him 100 yards. But then... With the ref distracted, the Undisputed Era hit the high-low on Riddle. Fish pins for the win. And that's when the Undisputed Era, uh, that's when they start to jump um, everyone out there. So they're jumping uh, Matt Riddle and Lee. And then we hear some music. And it's Tomasa Champa. He's coming out with his crutch. And he's knocking people out with his crutch. He's knocked out three people. Cole gets away. Uh, and then that's when they triple team on O'Reilly. So um, you got Matt Riddle, you got Lee, and Tomasa Champa, and they're triple teaming O'Reilly at this point. I'm so sorry, guys. It's getting late, and it's just <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep up, um, and I'm also trying to get a short show for you. Lee throws O'Reilly out of the ring with very little effort over his head. <laughs> And then uh, Tomasa Champa sees Goldie, and he tells her that he'll have to wait because Daddy's going to war. So it seems like they're going to have another War Games match. Uh, so I'm really super excited for this um, NXT TakeOver. So all in all, uh, another solid show. It was, I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and say this, it was not as awesome as last week was, but it was still a great wrestling show. And it's still better than anything that the main roster can give us on Mondays and then Friday nights. I'd say with all the excitement coming, this is going to get... I'm going to go ahead and give it a B plus. Uh, I was close to giving it an A-, because, again, all the matches were really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but last week just set the bar so high. <laughs> and it's probably not fair for me to, to use that as comparison. But I'm going to. Uh, so this week gets a B for me, and that's not a bad grade, okay? Um, it's I'm going to go ahead and say if an A ends at 90, this this made an 89.4. So I can't round up because it's under the .5. So 89.4, uh, great show, great matches. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait for TakeOver. I love War Games. It's going to be awesome. Uh, that's it for tonight. Again, this was just a, a short show. It's just me. Please, if, if you're so inclined, please, uh, I'd love for you to pray for my wife that she gets to feeling better. When she gets sick, man, she's sick and she's out for a while. So I just pray that it's not that long this time around. Please go and uh, like, uh, share, and subscribe to our podcast uh, we would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to us so far. I don't know why you do. We're not that entertaining. But you know what? We just tell it like it is. We tell what we enjoy and what we don't. And we just thank you so much that you allow us the opportunity to do that, that you care enough to hear us. So 
Um, God bless you and I appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Wrestle Life Radio. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You can follow Matt on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestle Life Matt. You can follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Wrestle Life Heal. Again, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening each and every week. Y'all are fantastic. You're awesome. If you wanted to hear something in particular, again, please comment uh, below. Send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. And we'll be glad to answer. I hope you all have a fantastic and safe Halloween. And uh, as we go into November here in Florida, it's still like 90 degrees today. Ridiculous. Uh, This weekend is the big Florida-Georgia game. So as we leave this week, I will say, go Gators! Have a great night.